Hi, friend. So I am trying something new right now. Um, and that new thing is doing this introduction without having written it out and then coming into the studio and reading it. Um, I think one of the reasons I do that is just because I want to be succinct about what I say and I don't want to be really pausy and I don't want to spend all day in the studio. So I write it out and then I, I come in here and I record it for you all. Um, but I'm going to be improvisational right now. I don't know. I'm feeling like maybe this is the summer of improv. This is the summer of giving over... Um, releasing, giving into um, this wonderful energy um, around, well, for me, coming out of my second year of graduate school and now heading into being basically a therapist under supervision. So heading into that new step for me, um, here we are sort of, we're vaccinating people. We're heading out of that lockdown of COVID. We've, we've been in for such a long time now, it seems. Although I'm also really feeling for other places that, that aren't experiencing that and are really having a hard time right now, um, especially in India. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm sending a lot of positive energy, a lot of blessings to the people that are suffering, both in India and in and South and Central America. Yeah. So um, my guests this week, well, this was actually not planned. Um, I, I, my one guest, Liam, um, reached out to me when I was having a really tough time um, the weekend that I drank again for the first time in a very long time, and then recorded that bonus episode, Chat Room, Bottomless, about it. Um, and Liam heard the episode and was such a sweetheart, he reached out um, to me to see how I was doing. Um, and then suggested maybe we should have a phone call. Maybe we should catch up. And of course, me, I'm like, well, let's do it for the podcast. <laughs> um, and then um, another friend of of Liam's, Nick, um, reached out as well and sent me a very, very long email message about their own personal story um, in response to my story that was just very fantastic um and a lot of a lot of stories i've been receiving and just people reaching out um to me personally and through i miss you the podcast um around my experiences of what happened the weekend that i drank again for the first time in a quite some time so um i appreciate everyone for doing that it's very it's very heartfelt um, and then also the the interesting thing about all these tendrils that are connecting is the weekend that that happened um it's not lost on me that that is the weekend of Beltane. And if you're not familiar with Beltane, it is one of the Sabbaths um, practiced by pagans, by nature-based peoples, by um, witches. And during um, that is uh, the May 1st May Day Festival. Um, and I, and I've talked about this before, um, about Fairyland. So when we would go to Fairyland, when we'd take that big trip to the woods, into that fairy space that I've talked to on the podcast before, that was that weekend. 
what was supposed to happen that weekend, but this was the second year in a row where it's not happened because the they've closed the land down for people coming in because of COVID. So it's not lost on me that I was really, really missing, missing that in my life, missing being in relation with all those queers out in the woods, for better or for worse, you know, for, for, for challenges and for negatives and positives, you know, Every you know, bring you bring five hundred humans together into a space, and you're going to have some challenging moments. You know, it's not all just fun and love and everything else. So that being said, um, yeah, it was not lost on me. And then, of course, by this week's guests, coming back to them, Liam and Nick, I met at Fairyland um, back in. Well, Nick, I met in um, during our trip over that Beltane week in 2017, and then Nick. Um, came back with Liam for the 2018 festival camping camping extravaganza. So these are two fairy friends who I've met um, deep in fairyland over that Beltane week. Um, my experience of Nick, I feel like I didn't get a chance to know Nick that well during that first year in 2017. I definitely got a chance to know them more in 2018 because we camped together. Um, we we created our little magical sort of fake f- fire pile because you couldn't really have fires just anywhere there. I mean, they had bonfires that were located and specific to having bonfires there. There were a couple of them, but you couldn't just be throwing up fires in the middle of this wood and have the woods burn down. So Nick created this like theatrical fire with orange and red and yellow spray paint and streamers and <laughs> things and put some like lighting inside it was just fantastic um yeah so i got to know these these very magical wonderful deeply felt ethereal beings especially during that 2018 time which was the last time we all gathered together in that fairyland space at that place um before um, of course, the pandemic hit right before um, the next year. So yeah, so I'm I'm just happy to um, reconnect with these folks that I've shared such a magical space with. And then also, I um, they were living in Chicago. They've recently moved, but they were living in Chicago for a while. And I have taken my first trip to Chicago was actually to visit them all. Um, and I'd never been to Chicago before. So, um, yeah, so I I did see them outside of that fairyland experience in, in Chicago. Um, so, yeah, so I'm very happy to reconnect with them. And I haven't spoken to them yet because I'm, I'm improvising right now and I'm recording this before as I eagerly await their presence. <laughs> so I'm very, very excited. Um, but I don't know. This, improv- this improvisation kind of felt kind of felt very good and uplifting. We <laughs> have to do this more often um, rather than just record an introduction that's basically a summary of like, this person did this, that, and and this is what we talked about. So here is my convo with the fairies, Liam and Nick. Um, oh, I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, she was being shady. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey there. 
<laughs> I'm sorry I look so spooky, but I'm doing a little uplighting moment <laughs> right now <laughs> because it was the only, my cord is literally one foot long. So oh, it was the okay. only cord to the little like LED light thing I had that doesn't turn the studio space into a complete dark cavern. So Right. Yeah. It's like you're a child holding like a flashlight under your chin to be extra yes. spooky. Yes. <laughs> I need like some Scooby-Doo sheets and I want to make a fort. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh how are you good i love this studio thanks she's fans <laughs> <laughs> so i'm doing better <laughs> yeah that's um, good that's good i'm over my dark night of the soul weekend uh-huh you know i I uh, so something happened to me this morning and for some reason I, you immediately came to mind Nick, I'm like, I feel like Nick would appreciate this. <laughs> so I put on these jeans this morning. And I'm like, what's in this pocket? And I reach into my pocket and I pull out two black candies. And I have no idea where they came from. I was like, oh, this is one of the things that she picked up when she was having her her drinking moment. Yeah. You know, when you like, you can't remember like what happened. And I just like, sometimes there's always like a, a fucking consolation prize. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just two wrapped black candies. I don't even know, like, it's not even like a starlight mint. They look like Anna's no, candies. Like black, what an odd color, especially yeah. for your like dark night of the soul weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my addiction probably stole them from a child i mean i, I don't <laughs> yeah. know where they came from <laughs> you saw that opportunity <laughs> i was like i don't remember this at all oh god <laughs> <laughs> yeah well good i'm glad that like when you were having your dark time you got really like transparent about it yeah and you know like some people might take to social media and leave like really vague postings or like pity party type things and you could the audio that you shared was much more like honest. It was very powerful. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't really hear that kind of admittance and like realness on those types of like uh posts. Yeah. Everything's so calculated when it's in text. And like when you were speaking, it's like you can't really hide the the true response that you're actually having and that people really need to hear that. It's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was not, it was not lost on me <laughs> that, that this happened the same day. This big spread in a magazine came out. That the title was recovery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also too, you know, it's, this of course registered but it also didn't register how it sort of synced up with the weekend is that like this was our second year in a row where we were not together um in fairyland and i've been calling it fairyland as to not actually point Reveal. people right to the land <laughs> you know well if you make a right here yeah. and a left by the sonic <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> oh my um, god yeah two years and you know we haven't been there and i i hopped on maybe their online thing for 
such a brief time it was like two people oh i forgot chat, about two people with scarves chatting I don't, i'm like this <laughs> isn't fun for me <laughs> I didn't like it the yeah. first year they did it it was a larger group but even that i felt it was very odd um you yeah. know everybody's like intent for being there celebrating is so different and when you can't physically feel it it just looks like, mm. you know, myself included, it looks like a bunch of loons, like having a good time <laughs> in a kitchen, <laughs> lighting candles. And like yeah, yeah. I, I'm so happy you you bought all those glow sticks for your bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm just fucking Zoom tired too. You know, I just mm-hmm. don't want to spend any more time online. Yeah. This is actually one of my first Zoom social calls that I've had. Yeah. I've literally only used Zoom during the pandemic for job interviews. Yeah. Or like telehealth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Telehealth. (laughs) Telehealth is here to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Connecting you and your feelings over (laughs) Zoom. In some ways, it's kind of nice because people that don't have access and it's like more difficult to get out and this actually is true. physically get to the appointment, they can do it now. But then that just creates a new type of access needed technology. It's true. It's and true. actually having that accessible. It's true. And also, um, now it's about fucking time that um, the American Psycho- Psychology Association starts creating some like universal paradigms around like being able to work with clients across state lines. I mean, it's like, <laughs> as someone that's deeply embedded in the process of having to look into how to get licensed, it's so different from state to state and like it's some states it's like bitch we don't even want you practicing here i feel like that those are the requirements and the other states like girl you could you could take you could take some bitches and therapize them out in the woods while you're having a coven moment like i mean we don't care Uh (laughs) colorado Welcome. Do whatever you want. Welcome, welcome to Colorado. <laughs> Do whatever you want. <laughs> Do you want a gun? Here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want a gun? Do you want some therapy? You can do both. You want a gun? You want some therapy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that pretty much adequately sums up Colorado <laughs> for me. <laughs> I mean, it's like, but it's so true. It's it's oversaturated with therapists and guns. We've got the guns here in Ohio, but not so much yeah. therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so you're into you're in Toledo, and I can't. I don't know exactly where Toledo is in Ohio. Like, are you? It's in the northwest. It's like right by right uh, okay. Michigan on Lake Erie. So I remember actually passing, driving to Chicago, passing signs for like this way mm-hmm. to Toledo. Yeah, totes. It's really close to Detroit. I I didn't know where Toledo was until I moved here in a rush. But like it's a 45 <laughs> minute drive to Detroit. Yeah. Right. I've never been to Detroit. Someone I was, <laughs> a, another person I was dating who also has an avoidant attachment style. 
because those are the only people that I'm into. <laughs> if are you avoidant with your feelings? I'm over here. <laughs> um, so this person was actually was like, I think I'm going to move to D- Detroit. I was like, where well, you were moving to China last week. I'm like, this is, this is a change. Yeah, but they, I think they were, they were thinking about moving to Detroit because they actually know um, a couple of dancers that they work with and collaborate with frequently are based in Detroit. I've never been to Detroit. I don't know anything about Detroit I just, other than I remember it was having some type of art, art revolution, um, or they were like, all the artists come here, the... We, we have space, but I don't know anything like where they are now with that. <laughs> we went to see Grace Jones there a couple years ago. Oh, cool. And that oh, was, yeah, uh, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, it's it's a small city. Um, it was cute. They're definitely like revitalizing now at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're discussing, like trying to bring in artists of all types and urban garden growers, like you name it, if it's like something hip and stylized Mm -hmm. they're really trying to bring it in so that way like people will plant down and actually like kind of hang around and yeah sounds like gentrification right um yeah well yeah (laughs) you know how gentrification goes (laughs) yeah it didn't really seem like gentrification um I have of course, that is going to happen as a sidebar, but like, <laughs> especially with the sidebar urban... and a regular bar, sidebar <laughs> <laughs> corporate bar, just pull up to the bumper, <laughs> <laughs> the bar bumper. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I feel like the people, the citizens of Detroit that have been there, they're very right. protective, and they don't want your your typical redesign of the city. They actually mm-hmm. want families to be able to stay in the city and thrive from it have right. access to groceries and yeah that's good um i <laughs> so i i introduced this episode already <laughs> to try something new um i was like i'm gonna because usually i'll i'll record the podcast and then like days maybe even like sometimes a week or so later i'll like type out a little introductory blurb it's really short and succinct and i'm just coming and record it really quickly i was like i'm gonna improvise today i'm gonna just introduce this podcast before it happens (laughs) 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 i was talking about how my introduction well introduction to you nick was 2017 at in fairyland and then um liam and the both of you again in 2018 (laughs) it was like talking about that magical like theatrical fire <laughs> that you had created in the middle of our little enclave in our cul-de-sac mm-hmm. <laughs> which like, i love retirement community back there <laughs> with the what our little like retirement community in the very back <laughs> yes <laughs> what is, is that what we called it yeah, <laughs> the fairy retirement community. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the cold is that. Make it back and sit down for hours. <laughs> <laughs> we could sit for hours. <laughs> this fire is extra safe. It's not going to burn you. 
No. You don't have to bend over to tend to it. <laughs> no. It was really like bringing that 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 holiday Netflix Yule log <laughs> right into our outdoor experience. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, absolutely. Oh my god. No, maybe oh shit. You know, we could actually like you know those you know those logs that they sell that are actually there's like it looks like a fake log and it lights up. It's like those weird fake fireplace things that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It, it like shoots the real flames out or like a synthetic no flame? no this thing is totally synthetic i mean it's <laughs> like the fire is bright red <laughs> it's like satan's fire <laughs> i was like we should totally next time bring one of those and bring a generator and just plug her in <laughs> like, but like the noisiest generator you could imagine that just keeps up the entire forest all night like <laughs> <laughs> You're running just this one little log off of this gigantic <laughs> yeah. This is nice. This is nice. <laughs> that retirement community is hopping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like the generator sounds like the state fair, and then it's that little yes. log. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. It would actually probably a generator of that size would just melt it. like it just couldn't handle it it's like a solar flare that happens and then it's gone (laughs) it's like a plug attached to a puddle i'm like that's safe (laughs) so one of the reasons i built that little like artsy synthetic fire there was because my first year there i camped at a campsite next to that and there was these three queens it was like their first year and they were Mm. out there camping one night and they had a real fire going and you know um, how the rules out there. Yeah. Yeah. Your face just indicated. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you'll burn down the woods. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very dangerous. And especially <laughs> like you, you can't really trust everybody out there with the power of fire. No. Uh, I mean, no. You can't really trust fires when people are not on psychedelics. <laughs> but you, you add like fire and psychedelics and people being in various states of ecstasy and not eating it's yeah. not safe <laughs> right. even like when they put it out and the embers are still there not safe yeah yeah and those woods are pretty densely packed i mean that's mm-hmm. lots of forestry <laughs> yeah and you can actually see out there like you can find evidence of like root fires like systems of fires that came up through the inside of the trees because they were yeah. Um, you know, another, uh, I th- yeah, I, and you know, like people are flicking cigarettes all over the place and not being terribly careful with that either. I'm actually surprised that the woods have not burned down there yet. You know, I'm surprised. But I feel like also the woods there seem to be very wet um, yeah. because it frequently rains there. Now, if you tried that shit in Colorado, you would burn down everything because it's very, very dry here. Yeah, it'd be quick. Yeah, it'd be real quick. <laughs> Girl, I woke up. Everything was gone. <laughs> My neighbor told me they were moving. I didn't realize everyone was moving. <laughs> everyone was moving. <laughs> there are just like puddles of like tent colors all over the place. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, also the woods out there, I feel like not only are they moist, but they are quite magical. And I feel like when people are yeah. doing the wrong thing, 
the woods kind of like the nature spirits find a way to ward them away like it either teaches like they might send the person to say like hey stop doing this dumb shit with your cigarette mm-hmm. or it might just make them feel unwelcome or they might wake up the next day and have like a sinus infection preventing them from smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. but i've kind of seen those woods do some interesting things with the people who are doing risky behaviors yeah do you um did you ever look this up or do you know which indigenous tribes were local to that area i don't know. indigenous and native american i didn't i feel like i looked it up at one time i even had a like a i have an app there's an app where you can actually look up what lands are on like native lands or something yeah totally um mm-hmm. and i've i've heard it announced um many times during the beltane the big beltane ritual and gathering mm-hmm. but i just don't remember off the top of my head um yeah, I need to look that up. But it definitely it feels like something. Yeah. Something both something both ethereal and then also something like deeply tied to the land. Like right. there's a de- there's a bunch of different like magic things that going on energies there. there, yeah. I started learning a little more about Appalachian folk magic. Yeah, yeah. And it is very interesting. It's a blend of um, American voodoo, which is like African-American magic, mm-hmm. um, defense work, empowerment work. It is the Native American tribes that have always been there, which definitely need to look deeper into this. And mm-hmm. then it's also the like Irish immigrants were kind of cast out there from the societies here as like immigration was happening. And the Appalachian Mountains, the mountain chain actually continues all the way over into Ireland and Wales because it's like oh, the, undersea. The, right. It's one of the oldest mountain chains in the world. So oh, it was wow. there before Pangea split. Oh, her. So like when the Irish immigrants <laughs> got out there, their, their bloodlines also worked in the area. Right. And so it's this really internet like combination of the, those three things. And then plus like Christian spirituality, which works a little differently in Appalachia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of interesting things I think in Appalachia, but I definitely um, have read a little bit about folk magic. And then I know, um, I know a bit about like, like snake handling and like that type of I forget what they're, what they're, maybe it's just called like snake handling. I don't remember, but like that particular um, spiritual group, religious group. I don't know. Um, but there's definitely a lot of interesting things happening in Appalachia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they've just been kind of left behind by the rest of the country. And so they kind of have yeah. to continue to work with the land where most of us have left that like we're way disconnected from working with the land mm-hmm. these people are still doing this and no matter what their spirituality is or their upbringing everybody's still working with the land and working with the nature spirits yeah so it's like neat hybridization of religions out there yeah i mean that's it's the whole big it's the whole th- i mean witchcraft 
nature-based spirituality and arts, climate change. I mean, they're so intertwined for me. Mm -hmm. um, you forget about your connection to the land, your connection to nature. You, I mean, cl climate change. <laughs> right, right. You're no longer, you're no longer um, appreciative or respectful for the places that you dwell on. You know, right? We've stopped being stewards for the land and look at what's happening to the land. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I was just like my head just went down that deep, dark path back to coloni <laughs> back to colonization. You know. We kicked all the stewards off of the land in order to like make room for the white folk. Yeah, we brought our own plants over. We brought our own animals over. Just like, go for it, girls. Like, I know. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. So you, when did you get to Toledo? Was it? I can't remember. It didn't seem like that long ago, but I feel like it might have been back in the fall. Um. So Liam actually came over here. A few months before myself like end of january oh so it hasn't been that long it was in the I new know. year mm -hmm. you just got I, here a little over a month ago okay like end of march and you're just you're just done with chicago or at least for the moment pretty pretty much yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. right like doing doing the first year of the pandemic in chicago was full of learning <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's really interesting to see how a, a city that liberal can also be incredibly selfish um, yeah yeah the a lot of the darkness of the city really became apparent during the pandemic um how did it like give me an example you know i don't want to badmouth things too much because that's not like that's not the way to right. be. You're like, you're like, come on. Well, I mean, I don't know if you're bad. <laughs> I don't know if you're bad mouthing, or maybe you're just, you know, having your own experience about something, you know, right, that right. doesn't necessarily need to be bad mouthing. It's just your experience on it. But you'd also don't. I don't want to put you on the spot, so you don't have to tell me. Yeah, I mean, Chicago is a. It's an interesting city. It's like a, mm. an amalgamation of all these tiny details that it just kind of makes life for a queer person, mm -hmm. not that great. Like as mm -hmm. a, a queer identifying person, we, we would be better off out here with access to nature, right? where we can like coexist freely than in a realm. The queer culture in Chicago is really like kind of at arms with white gay men. Right. It, there's a big difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big difference between queers and gays. And I and I don't like them. I actually I just made that sweeping generalization and I'm gonna stick to it. But I do I do in <laughs> I mean, fact believe true. that there are that there are things um now gay queer very umbrella terms they they mean so many different it means so many different things to so many different people but but I'm specifically referring to gay culture that wishes to be um, entwined um, with like hegemonic culture that wishes to be normal, that wishes to have the same the same things as the straight people that right. like really wants to be doesn't want really to be othered or different. Game. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost like they're creating their like an exclusionary. Um, 
like an exclusionary circle with this as well. Like if you come in and you're a threat to this dream of having it all, like the, the straight people do, um, you can be outcast. You're not welcome. Um, yeah. And then there's a lot of in Chicago, you know, Chicago is a huge city, but it is also one giant city in the middle of several hundreds of miles of small towns. And I think a lot of people yeah will move to chicago to have that big city dream but when they get here they're still unwilling to acknowledge their privilege they're still like their minds are deeply rooted in racism um, right so like <clears throat> it's a challenge in chicago because there there is so much culture and art there but you really have to find genuine people in little pockets and everybody else is kind of like exercising their privilege and not admitting that they have it mm -hmm. even within the queer community there's a lot of uh i've experienced a lot of people who like use the word queer because they understand the power of it and they understand that but they don't actually practice being queer as a person uh -huh. they just use it as an identifier because they've learned by watching other people like oh if I call myself queer and do these things, I'll get a lot of attention. Right. But in real reality, they're like, <clears throat> they're still just a white gay man, like prancing about. <laughs> they're so using like, it for their own like gain for building themselves up and for their own. Right. 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 So I don't want to put the, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Liam, but I'm wondering um, to when you say like, they don't like queer in practice do you mean like really sort of embracing like living on the outskirts or at the margins like really kind of like just like, not trying to be in the center yeah just like yeah. being completely uh like yourself right you're not like chasing any of these like normative dreams or you're just doing what you do and like helping people along the way mm-hmm Welcoming others as yeah. well, you know, yeah. accepting differences in others and creating that safe space, like mm -hmm. as a, a very like a queer person on their journey, mm -hmm. they should really have like this 10 yard space around them that creates comfort for other queer people. Right. And if you're misusing the, the terms and the labels and using it for your own personal gain, it can kind of cause harm and confusion with the community that's trying to build itself up. Mm -hmm. I had never, I was never in, well, I'd never been to Chicago before visiting you all after we first, well, after we met at, at um, in Fairyland. And I, I had a block on Chicago. Well, A, because it's way up there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but also because, okay, so here was my, here was my image of Chicago. This is what I thought Chicago was. Um, I thought it was it was a densely packed city, um, much like just like Manhattan itself, like around Midtown, Hell's Kitchen, Chelsea. Like there were no like it was like that, but it was like that everywhere. Um, it was a lot of muscle queens, circuit parties, um, leather community, um, lots of big muscly like that's that was my impression of Chicago. And I think I got that from 
I'm always seeing flyers and adverts for big, like the Black Party, the White Party, the Chicago Party, for mostly predominant circuit parties. And they were all happening in Chicago because all these DJs were also in Chicago. So that, like, that, like, I thought that was all of Chicago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That, they, they definitely have a large presence in Chicago. Yeah. Well, too, because I mean, like, I think some of them, um, some of them do show up in fairy spaces and then also show up in these other spaces. They're a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they sort of oscillate between them. Definitely. Yeah, because I, I <laughs> the, you know, the fairyland that we well, we were there together in 2018. It felt much. For me, my experience was more positive that year because I think I was hanging out with you all. Um, but I definitely have, the first year I was ever there, I was like very traumatized by, by <laughs> Fairyland because it was overly sexualized. There was just like, like a lot of masculine fucking everywhere. Like, and it was just like, oh my God, I don't like this at all. Um, so I didn't really have the best time that first year that I was there. Now, fast forward, to this, you know, back in 2018, I was like, it felt a lot better, but I was like, these parties are like feeling a little produced. <laughs> I was oh like, gosh, this yeah. is like, I, I'm at the club. Like I walked, like I walked through the Glen and then I like, I walked, <laughs> I took three paces past the right oak tree and I wound up like at this bonfire where it was actually a club with like a full DJ set up. And, like it was so bizarre. <laughs> There's there's a good sense of humor to it to like lugging like having it all and lugging it all the way out there in the middle of nowhere and producing yeah. it like that's definitely a gag it's a riot but you're <laughs> right it was it is very much like there's almost like a um, again personal gain yeah personal gain is very important and <laughs> Yeah. And then, like, one mile through the forest was the acoustic set with people just oh drumming. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just play their ukulele and, like... <laughs> Playing their ukulele. One of my favorite things about Out There in Fairyland is the drum circle. I love yeah. how it never stops. Like, there's just enough people there to just... <laughs> somebody just tap in, tap out. Go yeah, it's... Although... <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some queens pick up drums there and stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sister, you may want to consider your internal rhythms before we get drunk. Yeah, I've seen that happen, and it's it will never not be funny. <laughs> <laughs> the funny shit that happens out there is really like, it will plant in your mind and bring yeah. entertainment to you for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it is a lot of, well, it's really what you want to make it, but there's a lot of silliness. <laughs> to mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then I kind of had a similar experience how the early visits out there, I was also like intertwined. I was getting like mixed up with the hyper masculine sex fueled orgies. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, ultimately that's what I was like leaving the city to get away from. 
I was mm-hmm. trying to go find a safer space to spend time with connecting with people, verbally connecting, emotionally connecting. Um, and, you know, like sexual connection does have its place, especially during Beltane. It's very mm-hmm. important. Um, but it's almost like the days before the crowd would show up and the days after the crowd would show up, it was much a much brighter experience. And then, like you said, that one year we were all back there in the retirement community. <laughs> <laughs> the cul-de-sac. <laughs> Turn past Rinse Out Ridge. <laughs> Go beyond Rinse Out Ridge and you're out there. Beltane Farms. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> retirement community. <laughs> oh my god, it's so hilarious. I feel like we always had, like, everyone was always popping by. <laughs> mm-hmm. Coming in to check out. Like, they well, would we, just after. And, like, we were at that out. crossroads. We were, we were at a crossroads, like, that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that people had to pass, I feel, like, quite a lot. Yeah, to get out to the, like, party, the party area. <laughs> Yeah. Or the or the John, like if you needed to use the toilet. <laughs> oh yeah, or the oh, yeah. I'm a I'm a like um, I'm just gonna dig my own hole type of queen, um, especially yeah. after like two or three days. I just huh? don't want to go into that. I don't want to go into that John hole. I don't want to go mm. into that place anymore. <laughs> she's like she's just she's ripe. Yeah. <laughs> One day you like you came back to the campsite and you had like a, a cup, like a soda fountain cup. <laughs> like, where have you been throughout the morning? It's like, oh, well, y'all, you know, I took a hike and hiked out to the car and went into town and <laughs> I used a clean bathroom with plumbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. It was enchanting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm all about a I'm all about a town moment. (laughs) We came. I don't know. This was the year before. This was in. When was no we? We all came together 2019. Mm -hmm. I'm wrong, right? We were together 2019, 2018. I met Nick for the first time, but the year before, okay, 2017. We went into town and I was with Tammy. And we were at like the CV, the re, the Rite Aid or the CVS, the Walgreens, one of them. Anyway, we all decided to purchase popcorn tops. <laughs> oh, one <what laughs> Those like tiny little like like weird um, tops that like they're like they like they're just tiny and then they like stretch out to your body. <laughs> um, and we had like that was our moment. Like we all like wore our popcorn tops like for like one of the parties the tea dances or something in the woods they're great they're like three dollars <laughs> they are three dollars there's only one of each fabric in the store like and nobody, ma- sister can't have a matching one no and it's the <laughs> most itchy fabric you could possibly imagine it's i think it's like straight up nylon Oof. or Gosh, or tarp <laughs> it's tarp <of> fabric. <laughs> 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 when you're done with it, you like line the bottom of your tent for waterproofing. Oh my god, totally! Like there's no water coming through it. It really does like to keep your sweat in. Yeah, <laughs> well, except for except for the parts it's showing. I mean, it's really it's so small. It's only covering like like just your nipples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does stretch to fit everyone's body, but yeah, it's more of like a tube top. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just remembering that caftan that I had with me with so retirement community. It was Mrs. Roper. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Stunning. Like that's, that's, that's what drew me to you to begin with. The Mrs. Roper energy. <laughs> Here she is and I don't need to leave. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Thank or you. Like both. A, um, ultra glamorous art teacher, like a well-cultured <laughs> art teacher. Yeah. World traveled. World traveled. <laughs> Thank you both for reaching out. After my weekend, <laughs> after my weekend of shadows. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like you mentioned the article, your magazine article came out the same day. Yeah. Which I haven't read. I'm too, it. it's, I, yeah, I haven't read it. Be permissive with yourself to like, yeah. You know, like a, a relapse is really part of the journey Mm -hmm. and like it's about how you manage the relapse yeah more than the actual relapse itself and i and sometimes like a relapse you know when it's not incredibly long when it's not extended time you're gonna learn a lot from it yeah no it's just a quick in and out (laughs) just checking on things (laughs) oh still crazy okay (laughs) still unpleasant (laughs) i know it's so funny i feel like addictions are the one profession you could leave for a very long time and come back and start right up where you left off (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah i was talking to my therapist about it too and i was like there were things that were very similar to the past, but then there were also things that were very different. I think in the past, when I've gone through moments of, you know, not drinking and then going back into it before, like my time had passed where I haven't drank for a long time. Well, you know, a long time for me. But when I would go back, I would start making all of the excuses right before starting drinking again. I would be like, it's going to be different. I'm just, maybe I'll have a drink. Maybe I'll have two drinks. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, bitch. I knew what I was getting into. The movie was playing in my mind. <laughs> and it was like on the way to the bar. Like, I was like, Oh, yeah, this is going to be a moment. It's Here we go. probably not going to be a long moment, but it's going to be a big moment. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to clean out that bar, probably burn down the city for 24 hours, uh-huh. and then like feel like utter crap, like someone, I'm Jessica in the well. And, I, <laughs> and then somehow manage to like get over the sickness and like hopefully come back to life. But I like totally the whole movie was like played out in my mind, like on the way. And I was like, oh, yeah, I made the decision. There's really no reversing it now. And this all happened on like a 10 minute drive. (laughs) 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 And it was a fucking blast. It was a I had a blast on Friday. I had a blast. It was like. I was in a club. No one was wearing masks. It was packed. It was like COVID had never happened. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh my gosh. And then like Saturday, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. 
well, I guess I'll keep drinking. <laughs> Just for a little bit. <laughs> and then it like went into Saturday and, um, through like the day and it started to get a little messy, but it never really like went off the rails. And then, um, yeah, Saturday night was when I, you know, kind of like laid out my feelings. Um, and in such a way that like, I was also laying out my feelings at the same time I was testing this individual. And, and I think also <laughs> I was, I was really kind of like pushing that just to see how they would respond to it to finally get the answer <laughs> that I was sort of anticipating. So there's like a lot of weird things happening. Um, and then, of course, like being rejected when you're in your in your little addiction is like twenty five thousand times worse than had I not been there. You know, had I like not been drinking. So yeah. definitely, yeah. When you had that conversation, were they also drinking in the moment? No, no, no. Okay, um, they were not. Um, yeah. They asked me at one point, they're like, did you have a few drinks today? And I don't even think I answered it, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't lie, but you evaded the... I think I just completely just evaded yeah. it. Um, because it was moving. It had, it had moved in the course of that 24-hour period from we're all having fun together to oh, I'm back and like now, now it's back to Attic John. And now Attic John, oh, bitch, too. This is the, this is super funny. I was also telling my therapist about this. I'm like, I was like, I don't think people realize how good I am at drinking. Like how fucking good mm -hmm. I am at it. Like I, there was not a nary a moment that happened on Friday where I, you could point to me and go, oh, she's that really messy bridesmaid who's like falling all over the bar or like, you know, singing karaoke in a bar where karaoke isn't happening. Like something yeah. like, like that type. It never got there. Like I was very much just having fun, life of the party, very calm, composed while, <laughs> while I was sneaking off to, to piss every five seconds, but actually ordering like doubles of vodka and Diet Coke at the bar. So like hiding the whole thing, like in a very clever way and probably not needing to hide it because I don't think a single person really knew about it that I was around or at least knew the extent to how bad it, it is for me. You know, I am, um, there are people that I was around that I have said, I don't drink to. I never not said that I don't drink to them, but I just don't think that any of those folks like knew <laughs> the extent to why that was, that had to be the choice, you know? Well, that's my speech. Thank you. <laughs> That's my talk. You know, I feel like a lot of people with their addictions through the pandemic and isolating and not having these easy outlets and almost social requirements to go out to these spaces. I feel like a lot of people have done a lot of work with their addictions. And this is kind of a, this is a real challenging time right now because these events are opening back up 
Mm-hmm. Exactly what you just said. You were in the club. Everybody was dancing. Everybody was having fun. There were no masks. And it was like it never happened. Mm-hmm. These are the challenging situations for those of us who are working with addictions to get back out there and test the waters and see how we do. Like mm-hmm. Leo mentioned, you're not the only person this week that's had a relapse that he's known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My best friend in Chicago also relapsed this weekend, mm-hmm. but his was because of he just recently started working again and he hadn't been working in like mostly the whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. But it was restaurant work, and he worked like two doubles in a row. He worked like right. almost thirty yeah. hours over the weekend, and so he just had a drink with his coworkers, and then it turned mm-hmm. not well. But- I think it's a sh- it's a shifting time of the season too, and I I've it's you know that fucking Beltane week. It's a shifting. It's a huge shifting time. Um, in the season and especially coupled with the fucking global pandemic like and us here at least coming out of it it's just like there are a lot of fucking crazy energy things happening like i went right before this happened i went to um, a haunted house they were doing a big um six month to halloween haunted house thing it was so much fun it was like oh my god i was just thrust back into all of these like enjoyment memories and they're so the enjoyment memories are intrinsically attached for me to drinking, but there are other memories that have nothing to do with enjoyment that are also attached to those, you know. Um, so there was just a lot of things happening. And hey, I went out to a bar last night um to meet some of my friends. And I did I didn't want to drink, didn't think about drinking. So that moment was passed, but it, but it definitely, it happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be intrigued. Um, I have this, like the amount of house music I'm listening to is starting to increase again. (laughs) Uh Like I have not really listened to too much of it because I kind of wanted to put it out of my mind, but like now at home and when I'm out in the, the country doing whatever, I'm just like, my life force is just bouncing again with this house music. And yeah. I'm really excited to find somewhere like probably in Detroit to go dance for eight hours. And I'm going to be right. really intrigued to do that without drugs, because like you said, there are all of these great memories attached to it. Mm-hmm. And just the physical connection of the chemical is there with those memories. Um, mm-hmm. And then I actually, I actually don't have too many like, destructive memories of the drugs that are problematic for me mm-hmm. like the drinking i dealt with a long time ago and that's where all the destruction was but like it is going to be a challenge for me when i go back out this first time to make these conscious choices about like how are you going to get through this without like just reopening the door yeah because if i can make it through three house parties of just dancing and feeling the spirit on my own and like bringing it out from the inside of my body then I can break that cycle, mm-hmm. but it is going to be challenged to like get out there and feel everybody else doing it. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because my therapist, when this happened, I had, I had emergency emergency therapy on Monday morning. It's like, I need an extra session. Okay. <laughs> um, was like, well, do you think it's because you went to a bar? I mean, you went to the belly of the beast? I'm like, no, because I live next door to a liquor store. I've been there in, you know, what, like two years. But like, I, it's not that for me. What made me, what made me want to drink was because I thought it would somehow bring me closer to the person that I was dating. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it didn't have nothing to do with bar. I've been to bars. I've been to bars. I go to bars. I meet people out of bars. I have their, I have my fucking diet Coke. You know, it's not, it wasn't that. Um, cause I could fucking get booze from anywhere. You know, yeah. it was mm-hmm. really about like something about when this person told me that they wanted to go out and have a twirl and have a lot of fun, I maybe thought that I, that they would like me more if I also put on a fucking twirl with them. You know? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a challenge. It was like, yeah. I found it really hard in the past to connect with people who are drinking when I, cause I don't drink either. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard even as friends to be around people drinking because then there's this like, if one miscommunication happens, the person drinking always, it just turns into like something way bigger. And like, Mm -hmm. even with my best friend, I had to have a period of time where I stopped hanging out with him when he was drinking because all these little miscommunications would turn into these big fights and it's like, that's not us. Like this is the drinking. Right. Like, this is I don't want to be around. So it's very hard to like have a genuine connection with somebody when they're drinking because they, when you get rid of those inhibitions, that's not really you. Like inhibitions exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to like really keep that connection going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and of course now that I'm <laughs> I've crawled back out of the well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, oh yeah. Bitch, this relationship had more red flags than the fucking United Nations. I'm like, I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> I just chose not to see them. Yeah. I mean, you did say you had it like kind of in your mind to kind of prod the information out. Yeah. A little further. But even then you were drinking when you had the, the like, you know what? I'm just going to pick. I'm just going to like poke at them and try to get this out. Um, yeah. And you might, you might have approached the conversation differently had you not been drinking. Well, I would have. Yeah. What I would have done is not actually... I would have continued to play it very safe for me. And my playing it safe was I am trying so hard not to show too much of my feelings because I was fearful that that would push him away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I was really, I was really playing it safe. And I mean, I just need to get this out of my mind where I start thinking, well, was it long enough time? I mean, it was two months this weekend. I mean, it wasn't like we just met, you know. It's also different for every person you meet. Yeah. 
but there was a, you know, there's definitely like me also, I think just <laughs> putting that out there to see what the response would be. And then, of, of, of course, I had no ability to <laughs> do anything other than be the rejected child that had to get up and leave. <laughs> Grab your caftan and go. Grab my caftan and go. Your caftan like slams in the door and you have to knock. (laughs) (laughs) Well, funny that you mentioned that. (laughs) Because I actually, when I left the door, I I walked to the edge of the stairs and then I thought to myself, I can't leave it like this. And I went back and I knocked, but there was no answer. Oh, uh uh-huh. and I, yeah, yeah, there was that moment where that I, kind of, yeah. like, I can't leave it like that. But then, uh, yeah. And then, of course, I, oh, you know, I sent like a short text of like three or four sentences that was kind of like, I don't even remember what I said because I erased it. I was embarrassed, but it was something like, well, I see what you do with your friends. You know, you're like, you need to go off and do your own thing. It's like, you don't want to be with anybody. And, uh, girl. <laughs> oh, eating the feelings eating them <laughs> you mentioned something a moment ago about um when you're sober your usual route would be to play it safe with your feelings and to continue to kind of let the relationship develop with this like w- almost withholding of like the full picture of who you actually are and sometimes kind of what I'm learning about queer people trying to form romantic relationships with gay men is that right there. I feel like queer people are every day becoming more in touch with their cores, more in touch with their emotions, mm-hmm. um, more healthy expression of their emotion. And then when you do express it with gay men, mm-hmm. there can be a lot of resistance um, a yeah. lot of blaming, blaming the more emotional person for being too emotional. And I think that, like, I also just left a relationship, and that's one of the reasons I left Chicago. I was with a man for two years. Um, and from the very beginning, when we were just casual, I was telling him, I don't think queer people and gay people can really have a substantial romantic relationship. He disagreed, and we were trying it. And I was always very genuine. Mm-hmm. And then once I moved in with him and he actually got to see like how my day-to-day experience is incredibly packed with emotion mm-hmm. and how serious my spirituality is. And also like kind of how, how spooky things happen around me <laughs> because, because of this, mm-hmm. it kind of like, it was a shock to him and he had been living in this fantasy world that, I was not this emotional being that I am. And so when he really had to start seeing it all day, every day in his house, it was just like, he quickly reached a point where he, he just couldn't, mm-hmm. couldn't process that, process that anymore. And I think I was mentioning when I first reached out to you after the weekend, I was kind of alluding to this cycles of, being you know we are we are attracted to a certain type of man because mm-hmm. we taught ourselves how to exist in a a gay man's world mm-hmm. because that was our original escape but then as you're developing your queerness 
you might start to identify, oh, wait a second, maybe I am like, there is something different about me and trying to connect fully. It's almost like being genuine and being rejected sooner in the relationship for that Mm -hmm. might be a more healing journey than like all of this constant investment and like playing it safe and being withholding of our, like our down days and our discussions of our childhoods and, there were some there were a couple of moments this weekend where I really appreciated him though and one of those was on Friday where he introduced me using the pronoun he to a friend and quickly corrected himself for the first time he said I'm sorry I now know your pronouns are they them so there was an acknowledgement there which I mm-hmm. was like oh wow oh wow like he took the time to like do that Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, he said something to me that um, I don't think I've ever heard in my lifetime before. He's like, well, you're I feel like you're the settling down type. Like you're you're the person mm-hmm. I would settle down with. Like you're you're someone to settle down with. It's like I have never fucking heard that before my entire life. <laughs> And I'm wondering if that like settled, like, yeah, that's, it was just bizarre. But yeah, yeah, ultimately, yeah, I just can't, I can't date somebody that just my experience of them, I feel like I'm second fiddle and then, you know, know. but there were some positives. I, I, I didn't hear, I didn't hear them in the moment, but (laughs) I hear them now. Yeah. Did that make you feel good to hear that you were somebody that, someone could settle down with it was i don't know if it made me feel good per se it was definitely something different to hear and it definitely like go i went like oh maybe i do feel like a safe and secure um person for people or at least for him um which is, I would never have thought that of myself before. <laughs> I'm like, honey, you're honey, like a wildfire, honey. Yeah. This fucking loop to loop roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> you have very sturdy safety bars. <laughs> <laughs> Strap in, bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do see that about you. Yeah, like stabilization you're creating in your life and the direction you're taking. Yeah. I feel like you are creating this energy about you where not necessarily settling down like grandma and grandpa type, but stabilization. Retired. <laughs> yeah, the retirement community. Retired. Like, <laughs> oh, God. You yeah. sat on this that false fire, and here you are. Like, <laughs> here I am. Retired. Here I am, the retired being you see before you. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh yeah it'll be interesting this evening um because um we are in the we are in the same dodgeball space together now that i decided to join a dodgeball league which actually i think i did it well i did it when i was like really kind of just like i need to i'm isolating too much i need to meet new people it was like one of the only things that came up but i googled like how to mate people <laughs> so um and i went there the first night i'm like i don't know i'm gonna like this i actually very much enjoyed it 
Yeah, you can get some aggression out. Like, but he's a big dodgeball person here. So we will definitely be in the same social space after the dodgeball games on Wednesdays, at least for the next five weeks. Gives you like both of you opportunities to practice. How do we like deal with these emotions responsibly? <laughs> yeah, social be interesting. Yeah, it's funny too because these these new people that I just met the week before dodgeball. Actually, some of them reached out to me about that video and just were like, "Yeah, I feel this very much." <laughs> it's like, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm glad we just met. I'm giving you my full <laughs> leave Brandy uh, alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't realize you were going to be such a beacon for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get yourself a cute whistle so that way you know whistle of empowerment when you're playing. A dog whistle. I want to see who <laughs> hears it in this bar. <laughs> I wanna, that's who I'm going to date. The first person that hears things at this pitch. <laughs> oh my God. Brilliant. Great way to. Could you imagine? I'm just going to go into like huge social spaces and blow my dog whistle and see if anybody hears it. And I'm not going to date a single person into the first person that can hear it in that pitch. <laughs> Oh my gosh. We all have our routines. <laughs> well, it was that, or I always said I was just going to, like, I don't know, dip myself in honey and throw myself into an army base. <laughs> <laughs> and see what, see what sticks. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. That works. I think that's how my aunt met her husband. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, it was so good catching up and chatting. It was. I'm and I'm so happy that this like forum worked out like quite well. I could hear you great. And, you know, I'm perfect. Yep. The secret was we had the laptop way across the room and you couldn't hear us. So have your future uh, oh. just very close to their mouth. Right. Surprise, surprise, it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because the microphones on on MacBooks aren't the built-in ones aren't the best. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, yeah there there have definitely been a range of issues <laughs> with people. My favorite being um, this is actually a recurring issue is that folks um, that wear um, like the earbuds, like the the Apple earbuds that have the mic that's like down around your like testicle. Mm -hmm. Um, always scraping on their like their scarves and like earrings and things. I'm like, honey, it sounds like that mic is going to war. Could you like remove <laughs> that dangly earring? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, we'll keep in touch. It was nice to like chit chat and laugh, especially yeah. around the season. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, have a good rest of your day. You too. Stay you too. Love, you. Love you. Bye. Do you have any questions, feedback, or want to share a story about reconnecting? You can drop me an email at imissyoupodcast at gmail.com. Find and follow the show on Instagram at imissyoupodcast. I Miss You is hosted, edited, and produced by me, with lots of help from the universe. This episode was recorded at House of Pod in Denver, Colorado. 
Our podcast graphic was designed by Ian Slarsky. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and show some love with lots of stars. It really helps. If you would like to support I Miss You, as well as get additional content and access to our members-only Facebook group, where you can connect and share with other listeners, consider subscribing to Patreon. You can find a link to Patreon in our Instagram bio, or at our website at imissyoupodcast.com. And finally, reach out, connect, and spread the love by telling all of your friends about our show. Till next time, new friend.